What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Thank you, and thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, brought to you by the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And after a two-week hiatus, I am back again. I have become the greatest part-time host on the Chairshot Radio Network on this damn podcast. Like, I, um, I know I'm conspicuous by my absences. I wish I could say you guys were missed, but um, you know, I was just living my life. I will say, two weeks ago, two weeks ago when I missed and didn't plan, and I had a lovely rundown already written and ready to go. That was kind of a scary day. <laughs> I was like at the grocery store. And suddenly was like, I might just pass out now. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel so good. Made, made it home. Was like, I, before, I, before I even got home, I was like, Dave, I'm out. And then, uh, and then Dave took over from there. And then I went and like ate and fell asleep for three hours. So I'm thinking it was a blood sugar thing. I don't know. I'm okay now. YOLO. We'll see. I'm 45. It's cool. I'm back halfway to 90. I'm going to make it. Sure. And then last week, of course, I was out because of um, my job. So it was always good to miss and kick out graduating collegiates. Uh, I'm not alone, of course. You heard me address him without him responding. David Ungar, the lawyer himself, my partner in crime, held down the fort in my absence. How you doing on this fine Sunday, kayfabe Monday? 
but it's Sunday. I'm just thinking we uh, we need to acknowledge you as our tribal chief since you're kind of a part timer now, but you're still know, right? you know, the man in charge. Change your name. Your Twitter handle needs to change to at tribal chief after this one. That that might be a good way to go. But I no, I it. like number one chair shot villain. I do like, too. I, I like number one chair too. shot villain. Everything's good. Got got a chance to talk some Stanley Cup finals with you this morning. So uh No, no, we did that on Tuesday. Right. Exactly. Um so yes, it's kind of like time skipping sort of. Anyway, um yeah, everything's going pretty Flat well circle. out here. The Thank Great you. West good. Coast. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah, California is not currently on fire, right? That hasn't happened yet. Is it time for that to it's start? It's going to be interesting. We got so much rain this year. I'm wondering what our fire season is going to look like if there is one, because there's so much water. It's like holy shit. Oh wow! Well, that's good. Good for you. Well, we also we also have the other mainstay of the bandwagon here as well. The live studio audience, Mister Saturday Night, the man of a million chair shot nicknames, one Mister PC Tunney. Did you miss me? Sure. I was a little worried about you last week, by the way. You were really upset over the identity of Michael Keaton's character in the new Flash trailer, man. You were explode. You were very angry. Like you were very intense. But if you were to have been like watching me do that, I was laughing and smiling the whole time. Okay. Because I I seriously was was like, should we Whatever, Dave. (laughs) I was like, should we put out a feeler? Recording these bitches in fucking no, see it. Look. I mean, because like yeah, I did, was, I was like, Does was you need a hug? do you need a hug? Hug? Oh, oh, oh yeah, maybe you could put oh. a laser on a shark, huh? Hey, you know what? The little O'Dowd, big fan of the Austin Powers trilogy. Uh, yeah. Checked those out on the Netflix. That's Does not get any sex jokes at tiger. all. He did. He 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 just thought it was fun. By the way, he just thought it was funny that the fembots shot guns out of their tits he didn't really get the joke of them shooting uh, up you know having guns in their tits um the, i went on a subway diet now my neck looks like a vagina he had no idea what, like he's too young for that frame that <laughs> reference like there's so many dated references now that he just he doesn't even get the joke before the joke hit uh, seriously like the highlight for him was austin danger powers and danger is my middle name he walked around for a week saying that danger was his middle name like that was that was his jam uh we do have one other member of the bandwagon here uh joining us again i you know at this point i'm i don't know that i can say that he's coming to us from the mindless wrestling podcast he's basically just on the bandwagon now at this point and that is our good friend dj from the mindless wrestling podcast still haven't listened to the podcast so i'll just get that out there as a number one chair shop villain uh might as well make that known. How are you, though? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you for coming back to the show. As you're on the show more than I am now, I think it is. Uh, I'm sorry, like I told Tony the other night, I was on uh, DWI with him. I'm kind of the on deck guy. I'm like the, not the next in line, but I'm like the next next in line, and uh, I do appreciate in the hole. I, I'm in the hole. I'm in the hole. I'm not on yeah, deck. PC Tony's up. PC Tony's up. David Ungar's on deck. DJ's in the hole. That's right. I'm in the hole. Um, no, I'm doing really well. Mowed my lawn today. Had a pretty productive morning. I'm exhausted from that. It's like sweltering hot here in Florida already. Um, yeah, I, I think all is good here. Good, good. DJs uh, are designated, designated hitter. Go. That's right. I'm batting cleanup, I guess. He's a pinch hitter. A designated hitter is actually a part of the lineup. A pinch hitter. Is can I can I ask DJ a question? You watch sports. I want to ask DJ a question. It requires DJ one word. One word answer, DJ. All right. We'll not go down the rabbit path. Is Michael Keaton, is he Bruce Wayne or Thomas Wayne in the flat? That's actually a two-word answer, but uh, uh, Bruce okay. Wayne. There you go, Tony. 
And we'll all know the answer to that question on June 16th. Like, we're not that far away. We're two weeks out. And that's actually, you know what? Good segue. Need to move on before I pull up the second trailer again. And play they pull it up and they fight. showed the original Batmobile. What are you doing, Tony? <laughs> I said no, 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 no. Tony's the Bruce Wayne guy. No, oh, okay. Look, stop. Me and Ray are in the Thomas camp. My blood pressure is rising right now. <laughs> all right. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna settle you all down because it is time. I have not been on the show for a couple weeks, and that of course means it's time for me to air grievances about the things I heard on the show. That I, I want to take on Bridge Watch. And I'm really putting David Ungar in my crosshairs to start. Because last week, as you guys were talking about a news item, a rumor, which of course it's a rumor, so we don't even know that it's true. So let's take a deep breath first of all on whether or not it is true. Um, but there's a rumor that the up that the uh the future Secret Wars project that is coming for the MCU uh may have found its director, and that that director is Sam Raimi. Now, feelings about Sam Raimi notwithstanding, Dave and Ray, I think it was Ray who uh, was like, you know, I just want someone different to direct. And and then Dave was the one who was like, I don't know if he can handle all these different characters. This is a whole different. And so, Dave, I'm just going to start with get that fucking disrespect off of Sam Raimi. Oh, and you dragged him for Spider-Man 3. That was you dragged him for Spider-Man 3 as if he wrote directed had anything to do with any control of spider-man we are going to put Pretty some sure he directed it didn't he he did direct it but he didn't write it he was beholden to the asinine studio that is sony which we're going to talk about that later uh because i'm going to call you out later too because you posted articles from the direct like they're gospel too and we need to be that word no about that's that. not me that's that's somebody else i don't post stuff from the direct. Uh, i'm about to go into the DM chat and look right now where I do believe it's probably me. No, no, no. I no no hold up. I'm scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling Dave, up. Dave, I think you might take the L on this one, Dave. You're taking the L on this one, bro. <laughs> you did. Ready for it? It's before the Lego thing. There oh no, it was Tunny. Wow. Oh, it was Tunny. Oh, Tunny gets to oh, go in the crosshairs later. What's the list? What did I post? We'll we'll talk about it later. It's it's on the rundown. Doesn't mean that uh, I believe it since I posted it, right? But <laughs> like I do that all the time in the chair shot radio one. Everybody thinks I'm like in favor of something. I'm just starting a conversation. Well, but here's the thing: is we have higher journalistic standards here over at Bandwagon Nerds. Well, that's not saying much, I don't, but that's well, true. I don't, I don't control the the topics that make the show. I can still put stuff in the DM though. Oh, you absolutely can, and then I can drag you for posting at a terrible source. Like we'll get to that. I'm going to continue dragging Dave. Dave, I got to sit here and talk to you a little bit uh, about, first of all, I'm going to pick on Ray first because he's not here. So, Ray, I missed you, and you're not here today, so here's that. We'll get that out of the way. Because that needs to happen. Shame on you. Sam Raimi, hey, guys, out of the 20, almost 30 MCU films and series and shows that have come out, how many of those have been directed by Sam Raimi. You know what? I'm going to ask DJ. DJ, how many have been directed? Are we um, just by counting multiverse? Or are we counting the Spider-Man films as well? In the MCU. In the MCU, one. One! So, Ray, let's start with you. Walking around like, I want somebody different. He's directed one! One! If you were going to pick on Taika, who's directed three, 
the Russos, who drafted like a million. Hell, John Favreau. We got to pick on him. One. <clears throat> Singular. I think it's okay. We need some fresh two. talent in there, pal. I guess so. One is too many. You've, you've done too many. Now, if you, if you have feelings like you didn't like his work in Multiverse of Madness, and I do think there are plenty of fair criticisms with Multiverse of Madness, uh, again, I think we I enjoyed Multiverse of Madness for what it was, a Sam Raimi film. It's a Sam Raimi superhero movie. Like, all the things that are elements of his directing style, his, his whether it's his tongue-in-cheek look, his, his love of sort of weird, bo- gross body horror stuff, his fascination with zombies... Like there's a reason we got zombified Doctor Strange as part of, part of that movie because that's that's part of his shtick in his thing. Do I think that Sam Raimi as a director is a great fit for Secret Wars? No. Do I think he's capable of directing a sort of multi-layered, tons of storylines, different characters, and following what they do? Thread absolutely. Very much think he can do that. Very much think he's capable of doing it. And he did that in Spider-Man 2, and he did that in Spider-Man 1. You had multiple crossing, crisscrossing storylines. Now, granted, this the narrative in the middle is Spider-Man. This and the narrative in the middle would, we'll presume it's the Beyonder or uh, whoever for Secret Wars. We don't even know which direction they would go with Secret Wars, which ones they would use. But Raimi is capable of that, and he has directed his... His film career is more than just the Evil Dead series and the two Spider-Man movies. He's done. I, I think Tony brought it up. Quick and the Dead, uh, Darkman. The original Darkman is just a is a great movie. It's a really really great movie. Uh, Drag Me to Hell. Sam Raimi comes back to his roots. Wonderful wonderful story. So he's a very capable director. He's very good at what he does. I don't need to see Bruce Campbell in another movie, which we would. I don't need to see his car in another movie, which we would because that's what he does. Um, but you know, questioning his his ability to do it, Dave. I I you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're oh, wrong. You're wrong. 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 Okay. Steal for Patrick O'Dell. Um, you can K all you want. You're just you're wrong. Like you yeah, you you should show a little more shine and a level of familiarity. Like with I the said last week, it depends what kind of movie they're doing. As to how good a fit he's going to be, I think it'll be. I think it'll be interesting if it is. If it doesn't have some level of horror to it, like I, I do think that will will be odd. Secret Wars, Which, is, yeah. I mean, the original one, sure. Yeah, right. With the Beyonder, yeah, absolutely. It's just, yeah, it really depends on it. If they're going in a darker direction, sure, fine. I I agree with you. If they're not, then I don't know. Because I'm not going to lie, and I'll, I'll actually open this up to anybody else who wants to cod comment on it. I think he's a terrific director to direct a Doctor Doom if it's done from a horror slant and and uh, and uh I can go and, with you on that, that one. sort of megalomaniac megalomaniacal um you know arrogance that is Doom like Sam Raimi can nail that direction in a heartbeat with the right what character. What he did with Doc, I, I have no, you know, he exactly, yeah, like that's and that's that's all you need to see, and that's and that's not even the same guy, like that's not even the same character, but yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'll give it to you. All right, good. So I'm right on that just... one. Every, everybody agrees. Silence is, is I don't golden. Know. I don't know about agreement, but it, it it depends on a variety of factors, as it always does. Fair enough. All right. So here's my other thing that I want to get. And this this is coming from our DM thread. 
because I make a lot of jokes about the upcoming Flash movie. And I did reluctantly purchase my two tickets to see The Flash on Friday, June 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern in XD, not 3D, because Cinemark is not showing it in 3D. Tony is miffed about this because apparently it's not being released in 3D. That's certainly a choice. It's bullshit. Okay. Okay. And he won't be seeing the Money's Flash upset. opening weekend. I will. <clears throat> here's here's my thing, and I will fully I will fully admit that I play this up a lot. I do. I want to agree with the statement that Dave made, though, in that I want the Flash and I want James Gunn's DC universe to work and be successful. I want it to be a good movie. I am not willing, and what I push back on is the opposite of what I play, which is what I see. And I'm not saying it's these people in this room. So in this in this group, we have declared this movie the greatest fucking comic book movie of all time before people have seen it. Don't make that face. You, you, you can make that face all you want. You are not paying attention to Twitter. You are not paying attention to socials. The hyperbole surrounding people who have not seen this movie yet is huge. And it reeks of Star Wars prequel level hype train. And I get it. People want this movie to be great. And it could very well be great. It could. And if it's great, I will be here when we record on June 18th saying that it's great. Tony, you're, you're mouthing some stuff. Can you bring it down to the mic? I told, I told, I told everybody that you were going to say it's good. And you're going to come on here and say that. If it's if good, it if it is, I will say it is good. No, it, if it I don't be. like it, it and will. I have problems with it, no, you won't. If I, yeah, I, you know that I will articulate exactly why I don't like the movie. I will say to its credit, Warner Brothers. And I shared this article as part of just talking about. We're going to talk about the Flash twice on this pro, on this podcast. To their credit, they're not fucking up the ending this time around uh, by telling everybody what happens, which they've done with their last two films. So. They've got that. At least they figured out the marketing part. That's a good start. But I just, I'm still in show me mode when it comes to DC films. Because, yeah, I absolutely think both versions of Zack Snyder's Justice League films were objectively terrible movies. Whether it's the Whedon version or the Zack Snyder movie. I don't like them. I think they're bad. I think they were poorly told. I think that there's a lot of fluff and unnecessary stupid that Zack Snyder added that didn't need to happen. I think Batman versus Superman is an objectively terrible movie. I think Wonder Woman, the first one is great. I think Wonder Woman 1984 is an objectively terrible movie. I think Aquaman is fine, but it's just a retelling of Thor underwater. And that's not, in my opinion, a good film. I love Shazam. Still haven't watched Fury of the Gods yet. I know it's on HBO Max. Uh, it's just it's it's one of those I'm like, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But I'm in no hurry to see it. It didn't really do anything to compel me to see it. DC in the in the in this previous inter- iteration has absolutely tainted my willingness to jump all the way on board with the flash. And I think that is a fair assessment from me as to why I am trepidatious about this film. It's absolutely well, it's absolutely you, would, Go ahead, you would think it's fair. No, he's, he's, he's right, though, Tony. I mean, we've talked about it on the store, all bullshitting aside. DC has done nothing to earn our trust and goodwill yet. And and that's a fact. You know, they've had a handful of good stuff. Wonder Woman, Shazam, Aquaman, 
okay. Uh, maybe the second Suicide Squad, stuff like that. Zack Snyder's Justice League, I know we have a difference of opinion. Some of us, <clears throat> like me, I loved it. Um, I know you didn't. But they haven't really established the fact that you give them a free pass without the movie even coming out like so much of social media is. Marvel's kind of got Marvel's got that. Now, has Marvel eroded that uh, a little Mar- bit? Marvel's facing yeah. the backlash, though, at this point. The it, rubber it, band is retracted it, it, the other It has way. eroded some, for sure. And that's why Guardians helped. Guardians helped a lot. Wakanda Forever helped a lot. Um, that sort of thing. But yeah, it, it, I, I'm with you. I'm I like I said. I'm cautiously optimistic. I hope this is as good as everybody says it is. It has, like we said in the in the chat, it has all the elements. Whether you love Ezra Miller or hate him, casting wise, he's a good Flash. They've got a lot of other casting going on that makes sense. They've got a rock solid source material and a story that they can borrow from as much as they want. They have everything they need. It's oversee, you know, Gunn and Saffron are overseeing this thing. It's got everything that you would need that they haven't had before to say this movie's really good to great. Whether it delivers, another story entirely. Um, sorry, I gotta I gotta jump off the rails here for a second. Speaking of troll jobs, honey. It'd be funny, huh? <laughs> Kids, for those of you who, who don't know, I talk about I talk about doing things in the in the DM chat. And, and, you know, using better sources, what do we do? We troll. I get you. This is, this is what stands. we do. This is, this, is, this is the culture. Like, I, I get it. This is our culture. So um, I'll, I'll deal with that. We'll, you'll get yours later. Stir that pot. All right. So not revealing the end. I think, I, I guess I didn't expect it to re- reveal the end. I will say the last little bit, the, the bit of goodwill that I, that I do have does come in my faith in James Gunn um, and his his understanding of the source material. Uh, I'm not as familiar with DC Comics. I've been a Marvel guy for as long as I can remember, so I, I can't really speak to what that story is going to be and what it's going to be like. What I'm going to be able to speak to is whether or not what I see on the screen is a good story that's told. So that is uh, that's kind of my final sort of thoughts on the flash as we head into it two weeks from from now and uh i just hope that you guys that i have enough goodwill with you that if i come in and say i did not like this movie tony that you'll you'll own and accept that instead of being like you don't you won't you don't you won't i'm just saying you will i might you will okay i believe in i believe in you believe in me too i don't believe in Beatles. i just believe in me DJ, Any you're, final DJ, you're too quiet. You're, yeah, you're, you're awfully yeah, quiet. Yeah, DJ's about too quiet over here. Okay, um, I'm looking at the Flash from a, a few different angles here. One, unlike the rest of the crowd, I was a huge fan of the Zack Snyder universe. Um, I enjoyed it. Yes, are there things that I like muted. to pick apart? Oh, wait, and sorry. muted. That's right. That's I'm about to trigger. I'm about to trigger our host here. That's okay. I'm all right with it. Um, at one, this is going to tie a bow on what's left of the. Uh, you can boo me out of the building all you want. I don't give a damn. Spoken like a true heel. <laughs> but um, no, they're going to tie a bow on what's left of the Zack Snyder universe, and they're going to put it to rest, which is fine. Uh, we're getting some great Easter eggs, both uh, Ben Affleck, who I thought was one of the better parts of the Zack Snyder casting. I disagree with Dave. I've hated Ezra Miller from day one, and that's putting personal bias of the guy, the actor himself aside. From day one, I was like, who is this kid? And from the very first words spoken out of his mouth, I didn't like his flash. That being said, I'm looking at other aspects of this film. 
As far as James Gunn, I am cautiously optimistic. I enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I haven't seen the third one yet, but I'm sure that I'll enjoy it as much as the other two. Honestly, I did not think that the Suicide Squad was any better of a movie than Suicide Squad was. Um, It was more violent. There were more F-bombs. End of story. As an overall movie, it was not better than the first one. It's funny because if, if you if you take the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, the, the drawn out one where you mm-hmm. can kind of watch it in chapters, then three out of the four of us really like that. <clears throat> I, I and, you know, three, out, the three out of the four squad. of us are wrong about it. Yeah. So. And I, I like that yeah, okay. as a Flash, even being a Grant Goosen guy and, and fin- just finishing up that whole thing. So I, I thought he's been very good because I like he, he adds like the comedy style of flash to it where Gooston's more about like the love and overall caring of humanity side from the TV show. Well, I think DJ, and I think he, he was, your complaint is that he's not Barry Allen. He's not, Ezra's doesn't not, he's closer to Wally West. Yeah, than and he I've is said Barry that, Allen. and I've said that too. And I agree with that. That's a fair statement. What's really funny. DJ, as I look at how, how much we disagree, like one of the few things I enjoyed was, was Ezra Miller as the flash, even though he's a terrible person. And we'll, we'll get in on that a little bit later as well. But um, one other thing that you mentioned, DJ, that I did want to get to and address, because I, I know you guys talked about it on one of the shows that I missed, the the Nick Cage sighting uh, and the Nick Cage Superman thing, which is uh, an Easter egg of all Easter eggs it, when you really like it. And, Tony, I think you were trying to remember, uh, Kevin Smith made a documentary about the uh, the Superman movie that wasn't. And what eventually, or no, Kevin Smith was supposed to direct it. He Somebody was. did a documentary about that movie that was, it. and I can't remember. I haven't watched it, but I remember yeah. like the, there's actual, the suit. actual footage of, yeah, him in the suit. Yeah. Right. Like in that whole thing and Nick Cage, I like, whatever, that's fine. And, and people are going to be excited about that. And that's cool. And, and I am not one to, to hate on fan services. When I talk about across the Spider Verse today, holy shit! Um, when fan service is done well, it's great. I just don't want it to be a, a if there if I have a quibble or a complaint. One of the big complaints I had with uh, Multiverse of Madness was the what I thought was fan service done dirty with the way what they had Wando Maximoff just obliterate every aspect of the Illuminati and making black bolt black bolt look goofy and put him in that original out. Like I, and I don't think it's going to be that it looks like a much more serious moment, but I, I do want to know what's gained or what's served out of that. Unless it's just one of those put a bow on it things, you know, if this is a going multiversal or whatever, cause cause we, we know what James Gunn wants out of his Superman. And that's a young Superman. Uh, Nick Cage is not that guy. Uh, and so that's that's my only like sort of concern about the Nick Cage. I just don't want it to be a Raimi fan service a la. I mean, you could look at the the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths team up on the uh, the Arrowverse. There were a few cameos in there. Some of them were absolutely integral to the entire storyline. But then at one point we went into the Michael Keaton universe and all we got was Knox. And it's like, OK, it didn't make sense, but it's a nice little nugget. If you're throwing shit at the wall. I say with a movie like this, go balls to the wall. And God, if they even found Christian Bale and threw him in there as a cameo, I, I would pop for it. Right. I, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what they do. Hey, yes. I just thought of something. What if at some point in the flash, we end up with Margot Kidder 
on a bearskin rug at Niagara Falls. Oh, right, Tony? God, dude, now that is a callback. And you want to know? You want to know how we get there? It's because Jared Leto comes in for a Joker cameo, and him and Ezra they just they just lead a fucking cult right right to the fucking bearskin rug. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm there. I'm so. Now, there. now we're overbooking this thing here. <laughs> That's what I do. This is it's eleven false over- finishes and two table spots too many. Yeah, way too much Gaga. We are going to walk away from this Gaga. And I'm going to ask uh, Dave to do me a favor. You know, Dave's here. Um, PC Tony's here. He always hopes that this this week's going to be the week. Uh, but it's not this week. We are going to go to the trailer park. Because we, we don't have a ton. We only had two, I only had two trailers for Tony's breakfast uh, this week uh, for, for the trailer park. So there's plenty of time for him to watch and check it out. Uh, but before we can do that, we do need to get some beautiful banjo playing. So David, if you please, um, little beautiful banjo. are welcome back everyone into the trailer park two trailers this week there was just nothing big this week guys there was like no huge trailer like no huge trailer did they but have I any good trailers talk... at spider-verse or anything that you saw it was a, i mean in front of mine it was all animated films that we knew were coming out so we got like a fire we got like an elemental one well, yeah we got that one with the the kraken um we got another like the troll, the newest trolls movie has had a trailer in front of every kid's film for like the last year and a half. And here, I love my son so much. I love the little O'Dowd. So our thing at the movie is when the trailers come on, he, he Roman emperors it at the Coliseum with the thumb on the side. And he, he goes up or down depending on the trailer. The troll appears like we haven't even spoken dialogue. The troll appears and he's like, <laughs> down 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 he thumbed down the shit out of that um you know which one did actually spark his interest a little bit and i don't i'll walk back on this one because i remember when we shared it and talked about it in the chat and i know you guys talked about it again on a show that i missed the gran turismo trailer that they showed at the theater in front of mine actually did like a little sort of um it bookended it and it had the guy that became the driver because it's about him, and that, like that's the movie. Is the movie is the story of that guy and how he played Gran Turismo and eventually became a driver through this contest. And so they actually have him. He's doing the stunt driving for his character of himself on the Gran Turismo movie, and, and that's kind of cool. Like, and to know that this is a real story based on this and not like some weird video game movie that was very intriguing. But on the whole, no, there wasn't. Uh, it was a lot of just uh, upcoming animated stuff that we were half interested in. One of them is uh, one of the trailers we're talking about was in front of it as well. The second trailer we're going to talk about. But before we get into that one, I had shared this trailer a few weeks back. And had I been on the show, I would have put it out there for us all to watch. And the dog's really excited about this as well. And I'm happy that the dog's excited about it. 
Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about this this film titled The Blackening. And for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, check out the trailer for this movie because I think it's hilarious as it is a, it's coming out on Juneteenth. It is about a group of black couples, friends that are heading out to a cabin in the woods to like celebrate Juneteenth together. And it turns into a bunch of black people horror movie cliches. And it's, it looks hysterical guys. Like it, it's, it's made by, black, you know, it's made by black folks. It's leading into every sort of stereotype and joke that they've heard. And they just, they play it all up. Even from the lead of every horror movie, the black person is the first one to die. And they have to like, try to pick who's the blackest person to be the first one to die amongst their group of friends. And they're all like picking on each other. And they finally get to this dirty dude. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm like the least black person ever. He's like, I, uh, I can't remember what he says. I he's voted never seen. Trump. I voted for Trump twice. He said he voted for twice. Trump twice, but he says he never saw something. Friday. Like he never saw Friday. Oh, I never, saw, never Friday. seen Friday. Yes. I really wish Ray was on the show uh, to be yeah. as bad as tokenism <laughs> is for this. I really wanted to get his opinion on this trailer. But I think this movie looks fucking awesome and smart and hilarious. I agree. If Chris Platt was on this week, he would ask Dave, how come your dogs start barking when we start talking about black people? It's true. He would have. <laughs> the white, the white uh, Jew going after the black guy. I mean, nothing lends credibility to a review of this trailer than four white guys. White guys talking, talking about I know, it. I know. It looks hilarious, though. It looks well-written. It looks like a lot of fun. That's what it looks like. It looks like a lot of fun. Right. And it leans it like the, the reason why I'm okay reviewing this and talking about this as four white dudes is because it's leaning into these tropes and it's deconstructing these tropes, like in these stories, like that's what's happening. So I'm very, very, you know, I'm very, very interested in this movie, not to go see it in a theater or anything. I'm going to go uh, catch it, you know, when it's streaming, by the way, sorry about that distraction. Uh, the little O'Dowd left one of his Lego Grievous figures under my feet, under the desk, and and I stepped on it, which is so where that, uncivilized. Sorry. With with no head, like a headless grievous, because he lost that. So so yeah, I'm in on this. Um, I'm sorry uh, again that that we we do not have you know more representative casting for this week's episode to uh, to be able to comment on it. But I, I'm in to watch this at some point. I, Dave, you in? Yeah, I think so. I, I it's. <laughs> It's extremely entertaining, and it, 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 the trailer was, and it's like, well, I guess if everybody's in on the joke, it's okay. But like you say, Pat, I wish Ray was here to give some perspective. Of what do you think of this thing? You know, and and uh, but it looks it looks very funny, and it does play on all the tropes that you would expect from. I, th- I think it's important. This is a this is an important thing to think about. It's okay to still enjoy satire, everyone. This is satire. That's that's what this is, and that's okay. Right. Not everything everybody has to be a political not, statement. Everybody so. else is like not touching it. Not, uh, not, not. I agree with you. Not no, everything I, needs to be a political statement. And right. I, Dave's dogs. What do you want me to do? <laughs> no, this is one. I think like said I'm not a big horror fan. And I think I've said that on this show before. And at first I was like, okay. Cause I'd kind of seen a piece of the trailer like months ago. And then when you gave me the full thing, you know, in the rundown, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, ah, it's another horror film. I don't know. This is probably just because I don't care for the genre. This may be a pass for me, but the more I, and again, you you hit everything. It's very smartly written. The dialogue is very well done. And the fact that they do play on all the tropes 
this looks like it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Now, again, I may not see it in the theater because I'm not going to go spend money on horror, but I, I can definitely see me picking this up on, uh, on the streaming services. It lo- this looks fun. Cool. And we know Tony will watch it in 3D if it's available. So uh, we'll look for him to catch it in 3D. If this comes out in 3D and not the Flash, my head will fucking <laughs> All right. Uh, I, the other trailer that we shared, Dave, you'd asked me about movies in front of Across the Spider-Verse. This one did, of course, air in front of Across the Spider-Verse. Little O'Dowd, uh, is, uh, he, he leaned over to me in giving his judgment on this one. It got a, it, the thumb didn't move. It stayed sideways. He was like, I, um, I want to see this when it's streaming. I, I don't, I don't want to see it in the theater, which broke my heart because I think I'm on board with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mutant Mayhem. I, I do. I think the art alone has real. Like I really like the style of this film. It's like this interesting. It almost looks like stop motion animation, but it's painted on a canvas. The character, the the turtles themselves, actually sound like teenage kids. And there's and and I love this because it's to me it's clearly a setup for what they hope will be more films. Because there has been nary a shredder or Krang to see. It's all about the mutants. And that is the future is a shredder or Krang. IMO. Tony, you are nodding. I think this movie looks great. I think it looks funny. I'm very much interested in seeing it. I've been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan, you know, as long as I can remember. From the original movie in the movie theater. Uh, I think it had a sequel or even more. There was a couple down the line. The the original arcade video game was amazing as well. You know, um, just the catchphrases and they're eating pizza and their dad's a fucking rat. And but like you hit it the nail on the head. The way this looks, it's just gorgeous. And to me, what it looks like is if you had a comic book you were reading and you could magically make it move and and show you what is actually happening in between all the the tiles and everything that that's what it looks like to me and it's so clever to do teenage mutant ninja turtles in this style because it's so hard to do lifelike thing and right. you're kind of it kind of animated out on it for me but you kind of get this thing in the middle of it that's kind of like a cross between cartoon cartoon comic and real life stop motion claymation kind of thing and it just it looks like it's going to be really good seth rogan right he's doing this Seth Rogen is involved in it. Yeah, he voices one of the mutants. There's a ton of people on this He's cast. Got, like John Cena is doing a voice. Yeah, I I can't wait to see it. Thumbs thumbs up, little Odell. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, DJ. What about you? How do you feel about the Ninja Turtles? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna ride with the little Odell on this one. This one's I visually I agree with you and Tony. Like the styling, the 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 throwback to like the stop motion claymation look. The color saturation is very, very good. So if nothing else from a visual eye candy standpoint, I'll definitely see it. But it's going to be a streaming thing for me. Dave, I am you were s- big Ninja Turtle fans in your 50s, uh, right? No, I was not. It was a little bit after my time. But I am solidly in the camp of the Little O'Dowd and DJ. I'm, I'm thumbs in the middle. I agree with what you guys are saying. Art style artistically looks fantastic looks really cool different like Tony's saying kind of the stop motion animation sort of vibe to it a little bit even though it's not um but beyond that it, it didn't it didn't move the needle with me that much um it might end up being really good but i think like i'm with dj it's something i'm gonna wait you know i'm gonna wait to see it on streaming and go from there 
uh, I'm 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 legitimately hurt and surprised by y'all. Um, except for Tony. Tony, you know, you're in. Good job. Well done. I'm gonna criticize you later still though. It hasn't gone away. Like we're not changing that. Uh but real quick, let's go over this. Um uh, I gotta go over this cast real quick. Rose Byrne, Paul Rudd, Seth Rogan, John Steve, John C. Giancarlo Esposito, who by the way, it appears that Baxter Stockman is like the lead mutant in this whole deal. And Giancarlo Esposito is the voice of Baxter Stockman. Um, Maya Rudolph, Ice Cube, like post post Malone. I'm like, what? Okay, she's playing the main villain mutant, right? Who? Ice Cube. Ice Cube is playing Superfly, so maybe that's who it is. And Baxter Stockman. Jimmy Snook is in this off movie. The, side. the character's name is Superfly. I think that yeah, Ice Cube was who was talking there. Um, it's all love, brother. Like it's it's just it's a crazy huge huge cast. Jackie Chan as the voice of Master Splinter. I love the little bit. Leo ratted us out. Don't say that about your father. Yeah, man, it's a different time. Like just good stuff. Said, don't he said don't use that word that way. Right. It was. I, I'm sorry. I guess I'm on board. Tony's on board. The little O'Dowd's kind of on board. TJ's on board. Sort of. Dave. Is is just you know whatever, man. You're signed on this one, man. Come on now. No, you you know what? You tried to attack black dudes with dogs earlier in the show, and now you're kind of half-assed in the mutant wow. ninja turtle. So you tried to get me in trouble with PETA and the NAACP Band- at the same time. Thank you. <laughs> Bandwagon Band- nerds number one eighty, whatever. The Jew hates black people. That's the name of the show. Boom. And Tony just said wow, which means I can't use that title. All right. Jewish Pomeranians hate black people. There you go. Pomeranians. (laughs) It's a fucking show dog with fucking papers. (laughs) All right. On that note, I think it's time to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get into some news around the Nerdosphere. We'll start with our favorite Marvel casting rumors. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Patrick O'Dowd, David Ungar, 
DJ, can I use your last name, dude? What else? Is DJ just feels weird? No, throw it out there. It's fine. D, DJ Minter. Uh, I just, it just, I needed something that flows because uh, PC Tunny, you know, I, I could, because like DJ Douchebag just didn't sound like a good take. Um, Wouldn't I, be the worst thing I've been called lately. That, that's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like, actually a DJ who goes by that, you know, somewhere out in Vegas. DJ Douchebag this week at the Mirage. Yes. That's, Welcome to the Yeast Festival, DJ Douchebag. <laughs> uh, I got to remember, I got to kill the little O'Dowd, by the way. Uh, is he? Uh, he's learned the exciting world of um, downloading shit that then gives you a bunch of malware shit. And he is messed up by laptop. Something serious. To where I've got all these extra programs and I have to keep resetting the de- default browser. Makes me sad. All right. Anyway, let's get to the first little news item. Let's do some Marvel talking and return to the Fantastic Four, which every week there is a new article over the Fantastic Four. And Dave shared this one. Forbes has posted an article where they're they're quoting well-known MCU insider, my time to shine hello, because... You know, nothing says legit like my time to shine hello. Who has basically taken the last four rumored people to play a role in the Fantastic Four and been like, that's it. This is who they are. So the roll call, according to this, in our current Fantastic Four casting iteration, Adam Driver as Reed Richards, Margot Robbie as Sue Storm, Paul Mescal as Johnny Storm, David Diggs, as Ben Grimm. Now, I have no problems with these names being attached to these characters. I'll just put that out there. Uh, I'm not as... I know one of you is really anti-Adam Driver uh, as as Reed Richards. Like, it's Tony. Tony, Tony is pointing at himself there on that one. And, it's Ray. Oh, is oh, it no, Ray? I thought it, no, I thought it was you. Um, no, I'm good with it. Cool. I, actually, oddly enough, the one that I uh, am the most intrigued and not sure of is Margot Robbie uh, as Sue Storm. Uh it's just not the not the character I've seen her play, so I'm interested to see if it's the character she can play. Uh, I don't know Paul Mescal's work well enough to to judge either way. And David Diggs, like once he becomes Ben Grimm, like he just becomes a uh, a CGI character, a la the Hulk, anyway, and gets to be the heart and soul of the team. So that's you know I'm fine with that. Um, I like his work on the stage, so I, I think that you know I think people who are concerned about, you know, stage to film and whether he can do that. Absolutely. I think 1000% he is more than capable of taking on this role. So if this is our Fantastic Four, I'll start with DJ. If this is your Fantastic Four, your thoughts on this casting, who makes the most sense to you and who makes the least sense to you? Do it that way. This is tough. Um, I don't dislike Adam Driver. I don't know how I feel about the casting there. Um, Margot Robbie... I would find it interesting that, that she's jumping on board with the MCU. Does that signal that her time with DC is done and that she's no longer going to play? Uh, I just fell right out of my head. Anyway, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, like I said, not thinking straight here. And the other two actors I am not familiar with at all, so I can't even render a comment. Um, sometimes with these, these rumored castings, I have a friend who's actually – kind of close to the film industry. And he said that uh, sometimes these casting rumors actually get leaked by their agents 
because sometimes just someone sniffing that a name may be attached to a film, their payday goes up. So they may not even really be in the running for any of these roles. But if another studio thinks they are, then their paycheck is going to go up. So that's that's really all I can say, because other than the first two, I know nothing about the other two actors. PC, which casting? What? Who's directing this? Because uh, honestly, I have to have I'm, I'm honestly I'm good with all these actors playing these roles. Um, I think the one I like the most is Debbie Diggs. Um, I remember him doing some episodes of Blackish, um, and he was really good on there. I think he has a lot of versatility, and like you said, I don't think they have now. Let's see, this is 2025. Matt Shackman is the name. And oh yeah. You know, the thing is, is these are four talented actors, so I'm not yeah. worried about them being cast in these roles and them being able to pull them off. It, it's going to come down to the direction here is, is what it's going to come down to. And you got to have faith in, you know, Kevin Feige the one that's greenlighting these decisions. So I, I'm OK with it. All four of them, to be honest with you. And the best well, part of Margot Robbie being in there is if the movie sucks, at least I got to look at Margot Robbie for two hours. Fair enough. Shackman directed WandaVision. So, well, then I have like, total faith in that because who would have thought that? Um, who was who the what's the new what's the spinoff coming up from the other witch from that? Um, Agatha. Oh, Agatha. And who plays Agatha? But you know what? I don't think anybody would have thought ahead of time that she would have made a great Agatha. And I think she was one of the best cast characters in that series. Han is, Han is the last name, right? Catherine Han. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and she was phenomenal. That series, what she's doing next is going to be amazing, I think. Right, yeah, she was great. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of faith on that, too, as well. So looking good for for that. Um, okay, uh, Dave, what about you? I I feel like I'm like Tony. I, I'm fine with the cast. I think it's an upgrade over the original movie. Uh, you know, I think when you look at, you compare Margot Robbie to Jessica Alba, as far as acting credentials and talent, not much of a comparison there. Um, I think, you know, Adam driver compares very favorably by and large, you know, Chris Evans was the best part of the original fantastic four and argue not even arguably just undisputedly. He excelled more as a different Marvel character. So I think casting wise, if this is what we end up with there, it, it looks pretty good to me. Um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think that Margot Robbie's appearance as Sue Storm excludes her from being Harley Quinn, because I, I do think James Gunn's involvement with DC is going to result not in a crossover, but a I think transferability between the two universes might be a little bit easier with him. Like a cross pollination of talent. Sort of. Yeah, I think I think they'll be more open to that. I don't think it, it's going to be a, a soft rivalry now because of his obvious connection to one of the most beloved stories in all of the MCU. So I think, I don't think it's going to be a hard line in the sand anymore. There may be more crossover from talent wise than we expect. So we'll see. But I think, yeah, if this is what we end up with, I'm fine with it. It look, it looks like a solid cast. It look, does look like an upgrade over the original one. Certainly over the train wreck that we got a few years ago. That's not even comparable. Go ahead, Tony. I got to ask the question. Patrick doesn't want to have asked. At least you we, said can watch that, him, we can watch him throw his phone at the screen now. So that's you good. said, but here, but you said that it's not going to be such a hard rivalry with James Gunn's history with the MCU. That's my opinion. Is there any, any point down the road we could see a crossover movie? I don't think we do. I think uh, James Gunn's divorce from Disney was a little bit uglier than any either side is letting on. 
And I'm well, saying, yeah, you got because you got to remember, Disney like, fired James Gunn. They fired James Gunn, and he has not been very complimentary in in recent interviews in the last month or two. But they brought him back. Yeah, no, 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 I'm talking about the last time. But they brought they him fired back. James Gunn. This, no, 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 no. They fired James Gunn this last time. Well, CM Punk just went to Raw the other night, so I think anything's possible. Here's what I'll say, though. I'm not talking tomorrow. I'm you not- had to sneak in a CM Punk right, reference, didn't you, fucker? 12 to 15 uh, here, here, Here's how I'm going to answer this question, because it's not a James Gunn, Kevin Feige question. It's a Warner Brothers Disney question. And Warner Brothers and Disney are not like, like the wrangling over rights and money for that is would be gross and would take some special like Dave, you're nodding would take some special negotiation. And just to give you an example of like how hard this is, DC Marvel crossovers in the world, of comics took forever to happen and took a lot of special work. And even after it got done, nobody was happy. So no, the results were not good because you, ha- you literally have to do Rocky three free freeze frame ending with like, who's the superior character. And the fanboy thing isn't really about these two disparate sets of heroes facing off together to defeat some super foe. People always ask, people don't ask the question, would, you know, Captain America and Batman team up to defeat Darkseid? It's who'd win in a fight, Captain America or Batman? Like, that's what people want to argue about. And that's what people want to see. And you can't make that movie because neither studio is going to be happy with the result. Uh, it's and it's the same thing with the comics. You couldn't make that comic because at the end of the day, neither company is going to be happy with their results. So I think it is a if it happens, Tony. Honestly, that is e- even if e- even if it were to happen, it is but a significant amount of time down the road. Um, and it really is about Disney and Warner Brothers, and less about. Feige and Disney, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Gunn and Disney, or Feige and Warner Brothers, you know, who tried to steal him from Disney. But at the know, same time, if Gunn's running one thing, you know, directive and narrative, and Feige's running the other directive and narrative, they're the chief of that. You know, it makes things a little easier if you do decide to go ahead and. No, studio's not going to do it. Studio, studio's not going to do it, though. I'm telling you right now, the studio's not going to do it. July 4th weekend, 2038. <laughs> It might I don't take, think I'll might, be alive for that. It might take DC that long to build up enough goodwill and success for Marvel and Disney to say, okay, now it makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I'm not seeing it. What I, what I am seeing is I, I do think this is a solid cast to get back to the Fantastic Four. I still honestly think that the, the Fantastic Four casting outside of Ben Grimm, which I think is the most important uh, of, of the four of them because of, his his role in Reed's relationship, like that's a really important one that has to be developed and exists. Is it's all about who is cast as Victor Von Doom? Because I love the Fantastic Four. It's the Victor Van Doom's what makes the Fantastic Four special, not the Fantastic Four. Jack Black. No. In fact, leave this phone call. Actually, don't leave this phone call because we're going to move into now. I need to talk to you about why we don't pick the direct as a source when sharing news articles. Uh, because the other little bit of Marvel, as you you know, sub- submit more, and I just I'm looking forward to being flooded with uh, with you know articles from the direct movie. There was a, a an article shared by the direct in their Twitter feed that said Spider-Man producer announces two more movies to release after No Way Home, indicating 
even further in the article that they were going to be a uh, a Spider Woman and a Miles Morales live action film. Now that on its own, on the surface, okay, that's been a ru- those have both been rumors for years, something that may exist. But this all comes down to a non-specific comment that Amy Pascal said about the development of for two live action Spider Man movies. That's it. She didn't say who. She didn't say what. She didn't say anything like that. She just basically said all of it. All projects are happening in the future. And then Avi Arad gave some credence to Spider-Woman saying that you would see one, quote, sooner than you expect, which could be 2038, as Tony just noted. Ah, Kids, don't go to the direct for your Hollywood news and rumors. Just don't do it. Hollywood, the direct is basically bandwagon nerds in print form where we just speculate on shit. We throw stuff against the walls that we hope will happen in my sake. And it's a fun conversation to have. It really is. Like, it's fun. I really want to see a live-action Miles Morales. Really. And when we get to talking about Across the Spider-Verse, it's probably closer to happening than, 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 than we're willing to admit. But this article saying that it was announced, nothing was announced in this conversation. But we can get excited about the idea of it, right, Dave? The idea of it? Sure. Am I excited about the prospect of Jessica Drew showing up in not a Sony movie, maybe an MCU movie? Okay, now I'm excited. But, you know, I mean, we've got two live action. Well, we already know Craven's coming. So that's no great revelation. I I mean, I I, want to see a live action Miles as well. But I think the thing about the article that kind of bugged me is Sony seemingly taking credit for the success of No Way Home. It's like you guys had nothing to do with that other than giving up the rights for one movie. Zero to do with the success of No Way Home. So stop patting yourselves on the fucking back as though you accomplished anything. So, you know, the Sony Spider-Verse, with the notable exception of the Spider-Verse movies, has been just such a train wreck that every time I see something coming out of it, it's like, I don't care. Unless the MCU is attached to it, I don't care. TJ? Uh, I don't have much really to contribute. Um, Yeah, (laughs) sorry. This is, I'm going to bow out on this one. Fair enough to bow out because there's nothing to really bow into. Tony? defend sharing this really poorly sourced article that makes an assumption on an offhanded comment by a producer on a red carpet. I think, now that I've asked it in that loaded way. I think, well, I think that you already defended me though. No, I really didn't. You, sure you, did. you did when you said that this, this is source is basically the bandwagon nerds where we like to speculate. So I'm just throwing out things that we can speculate upon during the show. I'm not necessarily, I didn't read, read the whole fucking article, Patrick. Okay. I just it showed. It, it showed. Yeah. Okay. I there. So Tony, and, right. It showed. If That's you were talking about it on the show, this is content. There Tony, you go. You're welcome. Tony, if you are facing a possibility of death by lethal injection, you may not want Patrick to be your defense attorney. That's I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I'll be like, this fucking guy is guilty as hell, man. Like, I'll be like, he did it. Load them up. Load them Guilty. up. I am not a defense. Yeah, I should not be a defense attorney. I am a prosecutor all the way. Your Honor, PC Tunney did not read the article that he shared as news I, to the bandwagon nerds DM chat. Is that something that's not supposed to happen? I didn't know I was supposed to sleep with the cleaning lady. The, the only thing I'll say is, is, in return to that article, is yes, of course, they're going to make us Miles Morales. They're going to make a Spider-Woman. Sony is going to try to keep that property in their pocket as long as humanly possible. They, they put out that awful Morbius movie. Awful. I, I, 
Venom's not much better. I agree with you. Aesop, I agree with you. It was awful. I finally sat down and watched it, and I see every reason why he trashes it the way he does. And, but yeah, as long as they're not losing money, they're going to keep putting out putting out movies because they don't want Disney to get a hold of it. And there's a lot of people out there, a lot of people who don't understand the distinction between the Sony Spider-Man and the MCU spider They just see Spider-Man. I'm going to yes. show up, and then they realize, well, and, what the fuck is this? Well, and things, and things have muddied the waters quite a bit, too, with this sort of transition to including, like, I, I love No Way Home. I loved it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. But you brought in Andrew Garfield. You brought in um, Tobey Maguire. You brought in Alfred Moe. You brought in everybody. Jamie Foxx. You brought in, um, God, Willem Dafoe. Like, the gang's all here. They they took it all and put it all on the table for you. Who who did they bring in? Willem Dafoe. Oh, Willem the fucking Dafoe. Sorry, my bad. Willem the fucking Dafoe. My bad, my bad. I, I forgot. That's a rule, right? It's a rule. Right, we made it a rule. By the way, uh, credit to DJ for reminding us of Norman Osborne Day uh, a few days ago. Back, it was it was a nice touch. Uh, we missed it, May thirty first. I just saw that today. Carrying cross of all people. That's that is some hilarious ass shit. Uh, I I found that to be very funny. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, of course we think there's going to be Spider Woman, Jessica Drew showing up live action screen. Of course, Miles Morales is going to make the transition into the live action world. We expect it to happen. We know it's going to happen. This red carpet article did announce it, and so fuck you, the direct. Stop pretending like you're a sword. All right. We're going to head into our second commercial break as Tony gets ready to send us yet another terrible direct article. When we come back, we're going to go back and revisit The Flash, and we're going to talk a little bit about how our Disney overlords are as terrible as we assumed them to be. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back everyone to Bandwagon Nerds. We are rolling right right along here, having a fun time with DJ... Dave, Tony, everybody's here. We're bandwagoning it up. We're going to go back to The Flash. Uh, and one of the big points of contention has been Ezra Miller's role as the Scarlet and continuing to play Barry Allen after this because of his quote unquote. I, I just, I, before we get into this, I want to talk about one of my biggest problems with it. It, it really is the media softening of Ezra Miller's behavior. That, that has really kind of irked me to start with this. And even in this article that I shared where it's like he, you know, oh no, this article is actually not the one. There's another one where it's like, he's had a tough past. He's had, he's had a questionable past. He's got a something, something background that dude fucking kidnapped a minor and was arrested for it. And anyway, so there is some real question about the controversial nature of Ezra Miller in his role as Barry Allen, as I bring my voice back down to a, a normal level here. And, and the question has really percolated about what will his future be? Well, if you ask the director of the upcoming Flash film, Andy Muschietti, 
The only one who can beat Barry Allen is Ezra Miller. DJ, you're shaking your head. Cannot. I told you guys, you know, not 15 minutes ago that it, I hated Ezra Miller's casting from the start. And that's, you know, just sweeping all of the, the garbage stuff he's done in his life, you know, off the table. From day one, I was not on board with him. And then you add all this in. I think one of the interesting comments that I've read in the last couple of weeks is that once people see this film, they're going to forget about everything he's done. What a bunch of horse shit. You just don't forget that kind of stuff, pal. And you don't just, you know, forgive it because the guy's really good at doing his job. There's a lot of people in life and a lot of walks of life in different industries that are horrible fucking people, but are very good at their jobs. You know, it's you just don't forget that. And I, I think he's replaceable personally. Tony, I know you know of a, a preferred replacement who will not be appearing in this film, as confirmed by said director. But your thoughts on nobody but Ezra Miller could play Barry Allen? No, that's just that's just not. Um, and this is coming from like one of the biggest Grant Goosen guys. But I've also given Ezra his flowers for playing the role. I thought he did a good job. I enjoyed it, um, especially I, I likened his relationship with Batman, uh, with Ben Affleck uh, to um, who's Spider Man, Tom Holland and and Tony Stark um, and and and. Um, Robert Downey Jr. I, you know, the, the, the mentor to the younger version of of the comic book character, i.e. the flash and Spider-Man. I just, who cares? Like they don't like, here's the thing. You're not going to see flash for a while. Anyway, like James Gunn has already said, we're not going to get these major, major characters until down the road a little bit. We're building it in a different way. So there's two ways this can go. It's going to be either enough time where it doesn't matter anymore. And you can just cast whoever you want. Or it's going to be enough time to where you can still cast him in it because people even forgot even more about about it. You know what I'm saying? So that time heals all wounds thing, fine. You know, in my world, I would love nothing more for the director to be lying to just to cover up to the fact that at the end, you know, Gustin walks out as the Flash after Flashpoint happens, and that's the Flash you get moving forward. But that's not going to happen. That's booking by Tunney. So. All right, Dave. Are we making it four for four here? That he, Ezra Miller can be replaced as Barry Allen. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's absolutely can be replaced. He's not. See, I agree with DJ. He's more Wally West to me than Barry Allen. And I said that, gosh, a year and a half, two years ago. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think he's easily replaceable. And I agree with Tony as well. There is no flash in the immediate plans of James Gunn. You know, it's all focusing on on retelling a Superman, the Batman stuff. They haven't said anything about any of the other pillars uh, of the dc universe wonder woman's not really well no i think they are doing a, a thing about uh themiscira but you know there's no green lantern they haven't mentioned the flash they really haven't mentioned much about aquaman even though we know the sequel's coming up and how does that fit into everything so yeah i i don't think that i i, I think it's just playing in you know hyping up the movie as much as you can trying to make it seem like ezra miller just delivers this seminal performance that he's got to be it's like we can't have another Tony Stark other than Robert Downey Jr. Now, see, I think we would all probably agree with that sentiment. But Ezra Miller, as the only person who can possibly play Barry Allen's Flash, you know, maybe if Grant Gustin's performance didn't exist, that might have a shred of credibility. But I, I don't give it any. I, I say no. He could be replaced easily. I also think that's why Grant Gustin's not in the movie, personally. He might not be. I mean, he yeah, probably it's, it's very possible, yeah. No, he's definitely not. They have said he's not in the movie. Like, it has been made very, very clear that, that Greg Gustin is not in, in the film, unfortunately. 
So, yeah, I just this this screams this reeks to me of a uh, another sort of softening of Ezra Miller and their behavior. It's it, frankly, it, it, you talk about things that turn me off to the movie a little bit. This turns me off to the movie a little bit because if you're protesting this hard about a person, like I, d- I don't want to deal with that person. There's a and big... go ahead, sorry, Pat. Well, no, and I've made this clear. Like, if if I didn't have an 11 year old son who loves the Flash, loves, and we, you know, we're still miles away from finishing the CW series, but we've watched a ton of the CW series. He loved the Flash and the Justice. He he loves the character, and he would never forgive me if we didn't go see this. Like opening night, like he's been like, "Is it June 16th yet?" Is it June sixteenth yet? So yeah, I got I'm I'm doing this for him. But like I don't want to give that guy money. I don't. You can play the violin all you want, but I wouldn't go see this in the theater if my son didn't want to see it. it was a viola. I just would oh, I was viola. Those those stand up. So And okay. as we mentioned like uh, I think last week or the week before, your sentiment about if it wasn't for you know little doubt, I wouldn't be going. How many people out there have your same feeling and don't have a child who's going to compel them to go see this in the movies. Maybe. And there's a very real risk of this movie bombing because I don't of that think sentiment. it's going to bomb. I don't either. I really don't. Either. I don't think it's going to bomb. <laughs> I think it's going to make good movie. I think I have money. I think it's going to exceed projections. Frankly, I think it's, it's going to win the box office. It's going to crush Disney's release of elemental, which is also dropping that same weekend. Like it's not even going to be close. And then this is where I'm, worried because it's going to be Ezra Miller's back and we're going to turn this into a fucking redemption story when they should recast him and maybe they do maybe that's the big surprise at the end is that somebody else comes along but right now we got Ezra Miller playing two roles I and I got to finish for you that they're probably that they're uh, that I would love to see that they're possibly hiding that they could take a chapter out of the Flash series but I'll wait until we get to the what we've been watching uh, portion of the show absolutely all right well we'll hold that thought we'll get back to this because more is coming we know we're going to be watching uh the flash i'm sure it'll be the next film we actually review here on the uh the program because i think that it's it's kind of a point that film viewing for most of the bandwagon at this point like uh, i've already like i said i've already you know got what my takes what makes you sad they we're talking about the calendar TV. No, within the next four weeks, I'm going to have to watch the first episode of season three of The Fucking Witcher. Ugh. Oh, that's right. Oh, sad for you. Secret Invasion's coming too, Tony. So that'll make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, but Patrick already said we have to cover The Witcher. I feel like that kid that doesn't really want to do that homework assignment. Part of, part of me likes you can to re, You can rewatch Lock and Key season three if it feels better. You can go oh. fuck yourself, Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, before Dave starts fucking himself, let's get to one last story that I shared uh, after I'd put the, uh, put the rundown together. And it's just kind of putting a bow on a news item that we talked about la- uh, a couple weeks ago. So it's it's not been a secret. Disney has been been looking to cut costs and to to slash money from its budget. Uh, we've gotten some word that Disney Plus and Hulu are about to merge uh, at some point to become one service in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but another big thing that's happened in recent weeks is a purge of content from Disney Plus, including uh, a, a favorite show of Ray Cash's Runaways. 
off of Disney Plus, amongst many, many others. I was really sad about Willow. I thought that was a really great show and was sad to see it go. Here's why, kids. In a news, in an SEC filing from late Friday, Disney is set to write off about $1.5 billion from this streaming purge. <laughs> yeah, man. We bought too many sharks with lasers. They had way too much. They, that's what it comes down to is that is, that's, that's $1.5 billion. And in the same filing, they talk about that there will be more, as it says, quote, Disney is continuing its review and currently anticipates additional produced content will be removed. Those removals will equate to an additional estimated $400 million. So that adds up to almost $2 billion that they get to write off to save money. And they're going to do exactly what Max did. And they're going to turn around and resell that program to other, other streaming services so that they can profit off of it in a different way. And another streaming service is going to buy it to air it because they want it for subscriptions. And everybody, quote unquote, wins and you pay more for content. Capitalism is great, isn't it, Dave? Why did you do this? Oh, absolutely. It's all about the bottom line. We got to get tax write-offs. I think you can blame Ron DeSantis for this. They've got to fund that lawsuit somehow. He beat me to it. <laughs> Dave beat me to it. Dude, I I, 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 I think I think their coffers were in much better shape than Ron's is to fight Disney. They're there, yeah. I right, but fight, I think yeah, Ron Ron's Ron's budget to fight Disney versus Disney's budget to fight Ron, yeah. vastly different. Vastly different. In fact, DJ, have you gotten any emails yet asking for money to help Ron fight Disney? Uh, I don't check my email, so it's possible. I, I literally probably I guess, have about 500 emails sitting there like, that I haven't looked I'm at. Willing to, I'm willing to bet lots of dollars that <laughs> that is a thing. I, and he yeah. doesn't need to reach out to me. I can guarantee one show that's on the cutting room floor in this next purge in humans. Why Inhumans is still on, oh God. why yeah. it's there, that's Runaways gone. is not, that's gone. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one I'm most, most concerned about because that's loosely, I mean, it's it's canon up to a point, then it veers off. And, you know, you're talking seven seasons worth of stuff. That's a lot of, that's a lot of content that you can sell to somebody else. I know it, it was on Netflix for a while, so maybe it goes back there. But, you know, I'm looking at the, on the Marvel side of thing, you know, what, what might go that's the, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could be one in humans for sure is gone. They just brought in all the Netflix series. Could they turn around and say, ah, you know, psych, we're going to sell that back to you, Netflix. We need to do the write-offs. Um, I don't expect any of the Star Wars stuff to vanish because that's all homegrown. Um, but, yeah, it, it, you know, where they're going to cut and, and they, what they they're going to cut. cut. The, they could cut those Ewok adventures. On that's, this true. that's true. That's you true. Caravan of cutting. There you go. What's funny is they haven't brought in any ABC classic sitcoms to watch on Disney. You know, I'm sure there's a list of things that they could pull from, from ABC's past. You would think, uh, and yet, I mean, I mean we're not, not adding, we're cutting, so. Yeah, I mean, it's not NBC, but, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just, the, this, and you know, here's the thing, guys, this trend, I, 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 I agree with you, but here's the thing to take this a step further. This isn't going to end with Disney. It started with Max. It's not going to end with the you know, Disney and Hulu at some point, Apple TV might actually, I don't know about Apple TV because they're so selective in their content, but Amazon's probably going to do it at some point. Uh, 
it just there's two there's one there's too many streaming services now looking for original content we've basically recreated the cable television system we just now watch it on the internet and and we hide it behind convenient peacock's gonna drop stuff like they're gonna do it like everybody's gonna do it we're all gonna get mad about it disney's just the latest one and it's we're it's easy to pick on them because i mean there are dark overlords right now content I, I, i cut you off man i'm really sorry no, it's fine. Uh, so, I mean, so someone someone's got to hold on to the wheel here. Um, I just, I just, I'm just thinking. I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just thinking ahead of of the of the end right. of this, where oh, sh- okay, now we we need to add something, but it needs to be free or it needs to be cheap. And it's just surprised it me that you know uh, that ABC content hasn't made its way over to Disney yet, unless that's part of the contract. But they took them over and they own them, so it doesn't make any sense. Um, unless they have a lot of people going to abc.com, which I don't see that happening right. at all. Because yeah, at, I, I don't know. We'll see. Look at all the other streaming networks. You can you can pick a, ne- a streaming network, and you can I can tell you, you know, past TV stuff that that's on there that's really good. You know, even Netflix and Hulu. Well, obviously Hulu, but Netflix and everything else. Maybe all that content's been on Hulu, and that's why we'll see it come over. Yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe. I, here's the thing: is all your content is going to be available. It's just figuring out where to find it and how to find it and where to leapfrog. And again, you're all fucked. You're just, you're paying cable prices. You're just now not paying for cable. You're paying for shit. So enjoy it. You are still just like us slaves to the corporate overload. All right, let's get into a little bit of fun. I kind of like this segment. I almost feel like we need to come up with some, something around it as, as we've talked about a little more, because I mean, really it just comes down to this. So, so guys, what you've been watching. Is this like the Cody Rhodes segment of Bandwagon Nerds? What do you Kinda. want to talk about now? Except what you've been watching. Because I'm going to go last. I can go first Honey, if you want. What yeah. you been watching? We, 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 did, we talked about the Flash. This is like a Flash-centric episode. Um, I finished the last four episodes, which was the finale four episodes called A New World for the CW series The Flash. And yeah, it was... It, they they did a lot of good fan service in a good way. They brought back a lot of characters, a lot of different people who had played different characters in the past. You um, you got a, a Thawne storyline. Uh, Eddie comes back and brings back Eobard because the negative speed force basically creates this bar of cobalt blue that whoever is gets you know enveloped by it becomes the negative speed force on Earth, and they kind of separate Team Flash. We learn that Runk has powers. Barry convinces Eddie not to be bad. Eddie regrets his decision to do what he did. He says he's happy for Barry and Iris. I mean, it was an easy play to bring back Eddie, considering he died, so that basically Iris and Barry could get together. You know what I'm saying? Spoilers, Tony. Damn it, spoilers. Oh, you haven't watched? You already started. You should have stopped listening once I brought it up. Uh, (laughs) But it was really fun. You, You got... Uh, you got Jay Garrick back. You got Barry's mom back. Nora, the Speed Force. You got Barry had a chance to actually hang out with his parents. Wally came back, like we were mentioning Wally West before. Kid Flash. You just had all these great things happen. Um, I'm trying to think of the Steven, actor. Stephen Amell came back too, didn't he? Steve, yes. Arrow came back and and got a chance to say goodbye. And it was just it was just really good. It was just really good. And as cheesy as that series had become. You know, once you get past like the third and fourth season, five's okay, but six and seven are not great. Um, eight's fine. Nine, this last season was was pretty damn good. So uh, I'm gonna miss Grant Gustin as the Flash, and I don't think anybody's encapsulated the actual character of the Flash like Grant has because 
the flash is a paragon of love and that's like the, the main thing and um iris who played iris i'm trying to think of what her name was but she was excellent as well yeah if you'd asked me to do the time of day it would come right to my head but yeah no she's absolutely incredible yeah and and the caitlin frost who actually the girl daniel panabaker she directs a lot of these episodes so kudos to her oh one last thing stars on mars starts tonight here's the cast lance armstrong oh, ariel winter portia williams adam rippon uh mclovin is on there marshawn lynch mclovin i love that we don't know his name by I the know, way candace i, I have candace here but that's patton is the name of iris west candace patton candace There's patton yes patton. uh richard sherman ronda rousey Tallulah willis tanashi tom schwartz hosted by william shatner tanahashi's Let- on the show is that what you said no tanashi Hosted by William Shatner, so that's what you will be watching on Fox tonight as you listen to this. I podcast. feel like you. Sh- I feel like you should be re. I feel like you should be rewatching The Witcher season two just to get yourself ready for The Witcher. Watch season, season three. one too, Tony. Oh, turn tune in next week to Bandwagon Nerds as I give my review of the first episode of Stars on Mars. Yeah, we're um, not having Tony on the show next week. We <laughs> will be missed. He's on a brief, lengthy hiatus. Tony for, will be out on assignment. Know. When does the Witcher yeah, season three start, Pat? 29th of June. So, Dave, you spoke next. Uh, what are you watching? Uh, we watched uh, Dungeons and Dragons last night. Honor Among Finally. Thieves. Oh, it's it's tremendous. How fun. fun is the movie? It's tremendously fun. I mean, it, it, let, let's be honest. The It's light on plot, and that's okay. But it's it's, it's extraordinarily fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's on, on Paramount, uh, Plus. Paramount Plus. Yeah. Yeah, you got to watch it, Tony. It's so much fun. It's just it's just a, a very fun movie, and I love the little D and D references that only those of us who played the games or anything Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights. You know, there's there's little they drop them here and there. The owl bear. I mean, come on, man, you got an owl bear in the damn movie. It's uh, it, it was excellent. I liked it. I know I talked last week about we saw Violent Night, which I thought was fun as well, but a little bit let down. This was not a letdown. I enjoyed this one a lot. There's a thread yeah, about the Dungeons and Dragons movie that uh, Rob the Genius uh, from my podcast shared on Twitter. It's a, a thread that a girl wrote about the Dungeons and Dragons movie explaining every and it's a, it's a pretty long thread talking about every different plot of the movie as she's watching it. And it, she leads off with basically this movie plays out like an actual D&D campaign. Like it very plays much, out like much. people are playing the game and she, because she went into the movie expecting to hate it. And by the time she was done with it, she was absolutely in love with it. Yeah, there's been so much. Um, there's a lot of trepidation because the, the all other attempts to do anything with the Dungeons and Dragons film have been bad. Like there is the Marlon Wayans version that was terrible. There is the <coughs> direct to video. I can't even remember. It was like a sci-fi film that and they made like two of them. They're really bad. Um, there is. Uh, there's been attempts to make movies based on some of the D novels that have been written out there this one like the cast played dungeons and dragons like they they showed them like he, if they'd never played before they had them play the game maybe not necessarily as their characters but gave them an idea and a feel and yeah between this and vox machina which is another kind of basically dungeons and dragons show it's it's animated but it's a dungeons and dragons show like it's terrific I love it. I can't wait for the sequel because there will be a sequel. That, other than that, I'm still almost done with Last of Us season one, which just keeps getting better. Jesus Christ, honey. 
or sorry. Yeah. See how often that happens that I, I just said Jesus Christ. It's just, it's just it's Jesus just de- Christ default. Day. Default. Yeah. What and, the uh, fuck? What and, the fuck is right? Yeah. I, right. I'm guilty. I was chewing Tunny out for something earlier that Dave actually did. <laughs> and I've been actually going and watching. Let's go post an article by the direct up too. Okay. Pass. Let me get on that. Uh, also, kind of going back watching the hunt uh, secrets of Skinwalker Ranch, which is kind of a fun. It's an interesting show. There's some weird shit going on in Utah. That's for sure. Indeed. DJ, what about you, man? What are you catching? I have been all over the road, man. I haven't had a lot of time to catch up on a lot of stuff. This weekend, I did watch the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, watched those Fridays, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Um, I've also been watching a little animated show on Netflix called Exception. Um, it's interesting. The animation style is really, really neat. It's hard to describe. Um, but the show is basically it's kind of tropish it's you know humanity can't survive on earth anymore so they're sending uh humans in different areas of the universe to try and find uh, planets to colonize but basically what they're doing is they've taken this core set of humans and they're sending their clones out into the universe and the genetic material from each clone is saved and if that clone happens to die they just refurbish the genetic material and bring them back to life, their memories starting from a finite point in time. And that finite point in time was the launch of, of them leaving. Um, and, you know, different calamities, you know, ensue during the whole thing. One of them, they go to bring them back to life. Something happens in the, the reanimation process and he becomes disfigured. And now they have to deal with that. It's a, there's, there's some, um, some backstabbing going on. There's a right now we're on the episode I'm on. There's okay. There's a traitor amongst us. Who's the traitor. So it's a little tropey in some spots, but the delivery of it is really, really good. Nice. It sounds interesting. I'm always willing to check out a, a new show every now and then. Okay. So here's what I've been watching. I'll, I'll start with uh, Ted Lasso wrapped up its uh, season and likely its series. I, uh, I will just say that it was a very satisfactory ending to a series and what I would argue is an uneven season three, but I, I had no real fault with the final episode of Ted Lasso. It, it was what I could hope for. We talked about this on this program at one point when the trailer dropped on a commercial, but the ESPN 30 for 30 on American Gladiators part one and two dropped. Watch the fucking documentary. I, First of all, I had no idea the the stuff that they're talking about. Like no idea, like the the crazy shit. Like the the producer, the guy who claims to be the creator. Like it's it's the dude's a fascinating dude. He is an asshole, and you will hate him. And yet at the same time, you almost you admire him a little bit because his assholishness is why he was so successful. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of the gladiators refused to do the show or do the documentary because that guy is, it did the documentary. Um, it's great. It's really, really great. I've only watched part one, part two's coming up. I can't wait to, I can't wait to catch it. Um, and then of course I was, uh, the only one on this bandwagon who saw Spider-Man across the spider verse this weekend in the theaters with a little O'Dowd and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, and I, you know, I'm rarely prone to hyperbole, so this is probably a little... I Very rarely, in my opinion, is there any sequel that meets or exceeds the predecessor. And I genuinely feel like this movie did that. I, I you know, and I, I think the only other film that a lot of people will talk about in terms of sequels, like Empire Strikes Back, The Godfather Part II, um, 
Wrath of Khan. Spider-Man Across. Wrath of Khan. Yep. Tony, what's up? Guardians 3. Baby Guardians 3. Um, like, all three of those films were great. Oh, please get six. by far the best. Right. Can uh, you unplug him? No, we're stuck with him. <laughs> and uh, I, it's so, I want to say so much about this movie. And no, I can't, because I don't want to spoil it. Because I really... If you guys had watched this film, we would have had a 30-plus minute segment talking about this film and the shit that they introduced, that they discussed, and its greater impact on both Sony and Marvel. And I say that again without hyperbole. If if there was if the Spider-Man character existed on film somewhere, I swear it's in this. I mean, we're talking we're talking that that Spider-Man series on Fox where Spider-Man goes into the future shows up on that. Uh, well, I can't even remember what that was. Spider-Man Unlimited. Spider-Man Unlimited has a cameo. There is the Sony, the, the Sony universe. It's connected. We go into the Venom universe. We see everything. It's amazing. And they pull it all together so, so, so very well. It's mind-blowing. And then the, the, the end of the movie which the little O'Dowd was, 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 is holding his overall judgment of the film against the movie because it literally ends with kind of, it's a predictable like moment, but it is still a holy shit outcome that then they're like, and movie over. Like you're like, holy shit, and you're done. And there is no post-credits scene. There is nothing after it. It's just boom. And then it's like, come back in a year to see Spider-Man beyond the Spider-Man. Wow. I will probably go see this movie a second time in the theater if not a third there is so much to see in this aesop in our chat he went so far as to say don't be surprised if we got nominated for best picture i'm not willing to go that far it will win best animated feature i just i don't see like it to beat this the bar is really fucking high oscar isaac as miguel o'hara is amazing Issa ray as jessica drew is amazing the cast that came back um you know, Haley Steinfeld as, as Spider-Gwen, she gets so much more love in this movie and is terrific. It's it's great. Go see it. Please go see it. Go see it so we can talk about it on this show. Who played Spider-Man? Was it Spider-Man 2049 or whatever it was called? 2099. 2099. Oscar Isaac. Okay. And then who played, um, who did, uh, wasn't Andy Samberg a voice of one of the Spider-Men? He was Spider-Man no, more, wasn't he? Scarlet? No, that was Nicolas Cage. Nicolas ah. Cage was um, Spider-Man Noir. Um, God, I'm trying to remember who was Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Ham. Because that was the other... Um, John Mulaney was Spider-Ham. Um, is there a, like a Scarlet Spider-Man or something like that? Scarlet Spider is in it. Um, Adam Riley. Adam Riley. That was Andy, Sam- Andy Samberg then, right? Yes, it would make a lot of sense if it was. I'm, I'm pulling up the voice cast now because... There's there's so many people that Shamik Moore replay reprised his role as uh, um, Miles. Uh, he was great. Um, let me hold on. I'm hitting stars. Let's see. Yes, Andy Samberg was uh, Scarlet uh, Scarlet Spider slash Ben Riley. Um, Spider Punk. Jason Schwartzman. I didn't. I forgot about Jason Schwartzman. He plays the Spot, and you're like the Spot. He's terrific in his character, the Spot. Like everyone, every like it was, it was so good. It was just so fucking good. Go watch it. 
Go watch it. Get excited for it. Then come back and let's talk about it next week. I'm begging you guys. Please come back so we can talk about it next week. Um, and on that note, I'm going to beg all of you, if you didn't go see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, go see it and then come back and listen to us talk about it next because I really want us to talk about it next. That's what I've been watching. Um, and that's going to tide me over until we get to June 16th, where inevitably I will be forced to talk about the flash. <laughs> Thanks to the LOD. Little Thanks not, to the not, LOD. The, not the road warrior. All right. All right, gentlemen. Well, that is it. That is what we have on the agenda for this week on the bandwagon. Before we get out of here, let's do a quick once around. Tell everyone where they can find you on the chair shot radio network, as well as on the socials this week, we will start to my right in his comfy chair. Mr. PC Tunney, floor's yours. Yeah, follow me at PC Tunney. Uh, follow the show at Bandwagon Nerds. Everything Chair Shot Radio Network. All your favorite streaming platforms. We got sports entertainment and sports entertainment. And don't forget to visit thechairshot.com where we remind you to always use your head and head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. <laughs> articles from the direct dave i wanted to commend tunny not one nipple mention at all in this episode so i mean that that's that's so kind of progress for you're me. like you're like the dude talking to a pitcher during a perfect game why would you do that <laughs> you can find me on twitter at attitude ag facebook.com and he hits one out of the park facebook.com slash attitude of aggression and of course at bandwagon nerds and as always if we've said something that's offended you today or you disagree vehemently with our opinions, send your twi- hate tweets to at it's me DPP. Why, Tony? Because fuck that guy. Thank you. Fuck that guy indeed. DJ, take us home. All right. I am DJ with the award winning beard, one of the hosts of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, you can find us on thechairshot.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Mindless Pod. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And you, of course, can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chairshot Radio Network. Mondays, talking nerdy stuff with this bunch. Tuesdays, talking hockey and music with David Ungar. Wednesdays, talking wrestling with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show. As Tony noted, follow the show on Twitter as well, at Bandwagon Nerds. Also, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop for your very own Bandwagon Nerd shirt, as well as any other wonderful chair shot tees you would be interested in purchasing. Get them soft style. Your body will thank you. Your giblets will love it. Finally, we've come to the end. I am one week closer to seeing the flash against my will. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye.
Alfred! What happened to you, Bruce? You were the James Bond of superheroes. What turned you into the Unabomber? Who are you? I said, who the hell are you? Bruce, wait! You have to remember, it's me. It's Barry, Barry Allen. Bruce. Bruce. Bruce! Bruce is dead. I watched him die. My God. He's the one who died that night in the alley. Bruce died, and you lived. You're his father. You're Thomas Wayne.